tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Keep playing. Keep working. Keep going. And keep moving with the exceptional orthopedic care at Baptist Health. With an experienced team and a full line of advanced services and procedures, it's no wonder most people choose Baptist to help them keep on keeping on. Visit baptisthealth.com ortho to find a Baptist Health provider. You're listening to Rabo and Co. here on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Louis Rabo. All right, welcome in. Upbeat music at all, Rabo and Co. on a Tuesday here. New Year edition, ESPN 680, 1057. Alongside Mark Ennis and Zach Cantrell, I am Louis Rabo at Radio Louis on Twitter. Find Mark at Mangus22. And of course, you can find <laughs> Zach Cantrell at your boy ZC as well. All right. <laughs> You don't need any more Twitter followers. Bleep off. All right, right. So the uh, nothing to talk about. Um, we'll just we'll let the naysayers know. We will. We'll just let them know. All right. So Mark, how are you? I'm great. How, how I was am your great. birthday? What is it like having a holiday it's birthday? Stinks. Stinks. Okay. Yeah, it's the worst. <laughs> I saw a meme, you know, kind of a joke or whatever, like over the break, and it was the 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 wise men showing up, saying, "Just to be clear, this is for Christmas and, and your birthday,", birthday yeah, right, yeah. which is how I've lived. Yeah. 45 years in county. I, one of my best buddies growing up, a kid named Andy, uh, we we shared a backyard, essentially. And his birthday's on the 29th. Yes, 29th. A classic birth miss. No one has any money <laughs> right. for your birthday. Yes. You're not in school, so you don't get... Every, you know, a lot of people travel. <laughs> yes. Like It is a solitary, solitary yeah, birthday. Yeah, it was, it was never that thing. But because of that, we always made sure we went out of our way for him when he was a young kid. But it was always, like you said... Oh well, we're out of town. We can't come to the party or this and blah blah yep. blah. And so yeah, no, it was it was uh, it was its own thing. All right, well, let's get into it. Look, uh, CFP last night. I think we should start national here. We were texting during the games and two very different games with very similar sort of finishes. Yes, and so um, <laughs> I, I had another story for another time. But Zach Zach had a day yesterday. The poor guy, and, and you did the wrong thing yesterday. You, you needed to bet Michigan yesterday. You passed on betting the game mm-hmm. because I, I, I'm with you. Actually, I don't. I don't think many of us knew that we could predict the final score of that game very well. Now I want to be very clear. I won the bowl pick'em for this show, and I had both winners yesterday. But I didn't feel great about it halfway through either game. Well, maybe Washington, but there was a good mm-hmm. rational football-based argument for all four teams. Oh, yes. sure. Absolutely, and I think yeah. both games turned out to be very exciting, with varying degrees of like quality. Sure, but they were exciting. Yeah, right. That's right. And I didn't have the heart to bet Michigan. I I, I was on <laughs> Alabama the entire time, you were? and then toward the, the time the game started, I started like, oh crap, Michigan might actually win this one thing. So I had to hedge. Like I can't bet on them. There was a moment in that game, uh, the Rose Bowl. I'm talking, 
where Michigan gets, um, oh, is it like an illegal shift or a holding penalty, something like that? And then the next play, McCarthy's running on the sideline and an Alabama player brings him down out of bounds. And it's not egregious. But in 2023, 24, whatever, they usually call it, and they didn't in that spot. And I was kind of glad they didn't. I think it's one of those plays that's, he's not trying to hurt him. He's not trying, you know, like, I think that should be the spirit of the rule. But that happened, and I thought, who is, is Alabama getting calls in L.A.? Like, are we doing, like, are we doing this? And and then they won the game anyway. Michigan did. And so, uh, no, but I had that moment. I was like, ooh, Saban getting calls in LA, in Pasadena? Is that a, is that a thing? A little worried about that. But they do happen. The games come off. One and two, the undefeated teams, Mark, uh, do make the final. Uh, did the CFP get it right? Wouldn't this have been great uh, if Florida State had done literally anything other than what they did in the Orange Bowl? For them to have the ultimate grievance, these two games played out just like they needed to, where the two teams that lost during the year lost in the playoff games, and they would have said, see, undefeated teams. But... Florida State decided to go pee in their own punch and lose 63 to freaking three in uh, in the Orange Bowl and just sort of take any of the steam out of there. Uh, did they get it right? It depends on what you think their job is. Uh, they did it differently than they've ever done it, and we end up with the two undefeated teams in the title game. Do you know what's funny is during, during all of this is – so with, with Kenny Payne, for example, I, I what I went into it right before the break, and I said out loud, "We talk about these things for a living." And what I wonder sometimes if we're we're analyzing, for example, what Josh Hurd actually wants to do, how he's going to operate, or if we're analyzing what we think should happen. Right. So during the year, we were critical of the CFP because it seemed like all they did was go by wins and losses. And the less losses you had, the higher you were in the rankings, the better position, whatever you want to say. And at the end of the year, they're right about that. And I'm wrong about that. I still think Georgia's the best team in the country. But that doesn't matter right now because they lost. They lost to Alabama. There are two teams left who one of them didn't lose to Alabama. By the way, that's still left. And you got Washington who beat a bunch of good teams this year. They just did. And so in a way, I almost have to bend the knee and say, yes, the CFP got it right. Whether their methodology made sense to me or not during the year. No, I I think you're right uh, about that. In that, I think if Florida State is in the playoff, we're still going to have a Washington-Michigan championship game. But I do think bringing up Georgia is interesting because I don't. If you watch Michigan and Alabama, you I, after watching what Georgia, without even everybody playing, right. uh, did to Florida State, you could. I think you probably could not help but think one, Georgia would would win this game, and two, how did Alabama beat them? Right. It does not make sense to me how they were what they were able to do because if you look at out like there was never a time where Alabama was like dominant this year. They want some shootouts. Uh, They want some ugly ones. They let some be way closer than they needed to be. They were fortunate to win some, Uh, and then they played their absolute best football game of the year against the best team of the last three years. And now George is out. And I just think it's funny now that we look at these games. The logic that puts Alabama in over Georgia is. The logic that should have put Florida State in, and so they like they didn't even follow it consistently. Mm. And yeah, I would. It's funny because you were like Georgia would have beaten both of those teams when we were talking before except the show. Except for Alabama <laughs> did beat Georgia, yeah, right, but yeah. it, man, it sure didn't feel like it did it. I, in that scenario, it's it's very difficult to imagine. There's no right answer here. 
But I still think we're getting out Washington and Michigan no matter who they that fourth team is. Mm, interesting. I we would have got that in the BCS days. So we would have. Yeah. Just a big waste. That's right. <laughs> uh, they would have been the Rose Bowl. So actually, the pre, 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 pre was actually fine. <laughs> just yeah. go play the Rose Bowl. Can we just game move this game so. to Pasadena? Let's go. Instead of Houston. Get it done. Houston, Wolf. Did you see they didn't sell out the uh, Sugar Bowl by 7,000 seats? I want to get into all of this. I think a lot of very interesting things happened over the weekend. I'm going to make a Nick Saban, Jeff Brom comparison. Are you ready? Oh, boy. Okay. All right. I'm ready. So, Georgia, I think all of us agree, last three years, best team in the country. Probably not much of a debate on that one. They've been excellent. Guys in the pros, on the field results, all of it are there. What if Nick Saban pulled a Jeff Brom this year? Didn't have as good a roster as these other teams at the very top of the sport but coached his ass off and got his team to the playoff with a roster that's clearly better than Louisville's. I want to be very clear about that. In the same way that Jeff Brom got them to 10-1, and one, even though they had to struggle against teams like Indiana and Georgia Tech and you know NC State and that kind of thing. Any validity to that comparison? Did are you saying basically like Saban overachieved this year? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. I, I, I think I mean, so. And, and Absolutely. Big time in the same way that I think a ten and one Jeff Brown was a major overachieve. It's. I think it's one of the main reasons why Alabama makes the playoff. And I did not detect even a whiff of anyone just sort of groaning like we used to when Alabama being the best was like oppression, mm. right? And you were just sort of hoping is this year we might be you know free of this. And this is the first time, I know they said this during the broadcast a couple of times now, this is the first time that's gone three years without winning a championship. It's unbelievable. A new birth of, uh, of freedom here for the rest of us. But this Alabama team didn't bother people because they weren't overwhelming by like sucking the life out of right. football like they were early uh, in his tenure. And they weren't the greatest show on turf like they were for about a six-year period either. They were just sort of sloppy but overachieving, and they were kind of easy to root for. If you have a good wide Rose receiver right now, you should be terrified that Alabama's coming for it. Because that receiver core is not up to their usual standard. It just isn't. So if you have a good receiver, lock him up somehow. Text or text in how much will Bamba pay for a center that can snap the ball this offseason. Okay. <laughs> a lot. Can we talk about this for just <laughs> a second? Of course, yes. In that game in particular, uh, but you've got two teams playing for a national championship, two of the oldest, most established brands in sure. football, and it comes down to one of them – almost lost the game or did lose the game because you can't snap the ball to your quarterback or you can't cover kicks right. or kick the ball. I love the fact that we did all of this tension and you, you I mean, we know that Harbaugh cares about the details like a lot, maybe more than he ought to. And we know about Saban and the army of quality control guys and all that stuff. We know about all that. Yeah. And you get to the end and you can't snap the ball to a guy in the shotgun consistently or you can't catch a punt or cover a kick or kick a field goal can you in your mind think of another situation like the michigan punt at the one can you think why of was one? he fielding the ball yes. to begin with which one dingy del running the baseline against virginia oh okay okay that's but that's it's like that but dingy turned the ball over this kid actually got away with it he almost turned the ball over though i know but he didn't uh, just the that's as in a weird way, that's as athletic a play as I can remember. To stop oh, you're that ball and to stop it. his ball. Yes. Oh, sure. Stop the sure. ball. Save. I mean, that saved the season in a weird way. Now, you're right. He should not have been fielding the that ball. That was that close to just being a safety. It should yes. have been a safety. Uh, I, did you think- I'm with you, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like the To get to the edge like yes. that and get away with it is a 
Did you think the last play was going to be a quarterback draw if that snap was good? Because I've seen where it was going to be a swing pass to the running back, and they had some blockers. I couldn't tell if that was a planned draw or if Milrow just had a bad snap. He's like, okay, I got to abort. I got to do this. I think he had two options. I think he had the pitch option. I think he had up the middle. He thought he had it. I think he was going to run like power left with the ability to toss it out, almost like a one-man RPO. And then once the snap was kind of wonky, he just panicked. That's amazing. But uh, here we go again. We're talking about the, all of those to stay all, alive. But all the things you just said is why we love college sports and not pro sports, right? Well, let's not act like this doesn't happen in pro sports, too. I understand, but uh, at that level, that many times? The ref called the wrong dude eligible. <laughs> like, Well, no, the thing is, it's not like the coach went to him before the game and, and showed him the play on a piece of paper. So that didn't happen, Mark. If, if only he had done that. If, if, only, if only Dan Campbell had thought of that. that kind of, gone to that kind happened. of length, then the referee would have known and everything would have been fine. And the Lions wouldn't have lost a spot in the, in the rank. I thought early in the game we might were in for, oh, God, Michigan, you're – That interception looked terrible. Yes. Exactly. Looked and I was like, man, terrible. they look not ready for prime time here. And I give them their credit. They – calmed down significantly i was very impressed with michigan's medal mentally after that because i think it would have it just would have been easy to get rattled there and they didn't and i didn't you think when alabama scored to take the lead in the fourth quarter like ah well that's it michigan you kind of let this game because i thought they beat alabama up for a lot of the game and alabama Alabama figured it out in the second half yes Yes. and they take the lead and i'm like man they're gonna they're gonna kick themselves i remember thinking holy crap Saban's unbelievable yeah. in the second half. I remember thinking that. Yeah. This is unbelievable. How often were we going to have the opportunity is. to say, like, Alabama stole this one? Right. But they oh were go- they gosh, were that close. Were right there. And Michigan clutch. Uh, and I look, my biggest question or doubt about this was no one beats Alabama not making throws. Throws mm-hmm. and catches. Contested catches. Winning one-on-one. Receivers making big plays. That sort of thing. You go, I mean, over Saban's tenure, you can almost break it down every single time. It's big-time throws and catches. You can't beat his defense without doing it. And I wasn't sure that McCarthy and, and Michigan could do that because I they hadn't, and they hadn't had to. And they did, and I was really impressed. No, I had not seen uh, this. Texture, I appreciate you texting that in. 4379-688-UBS-JOBS-XLA. J.J. McCarthy, 28-1 as a starter. <laughs> and the one is just last year at TCU? Correct. Impressive. Think about that. No, uh, no, uh, Blake Corum last year in the playoff makes a little bit of a difference in this one too. Yeah, Rem- something I've talked about on this show a lot is, especially with Louisville. We'll get to the bowl game in the next segment for Louisville. In college football, especially, it seems like you have to get to base camp a couple of times before you're allowed to climb the the top of the mountain. And Michigan, I think, is the best example of that in recent times. Sure, that even as you mentioned, being one of the stalwart brands of the sport did not matter the last couple of years. Yeah. And it took them hitting their head against the wall until they hit it hard enough that, you know, they burst through the wall, frankly. And it was a nice reminder of that, that even for someone as – and look, we can all joke and we can make Connor Stanley's jokes and all that stuff. Jim Harwell is a really good football coach, man. He just is. And he's put together the yep. best team in the CFP as far as complete team, polished. Now, Washington's making a hard run. That is a really good football team. They are really good. At this point, are you surprised if either team wins a national title? No. I, at all, right? No, not at all. And and I think it's a 
Alabama, Michigan was two teams that play very much the same way. That's right. And and I think Michigan deserves some props. And I wonder how much people will absorb the fact that they sort of beat Alabama at their own game, and that he's built a Michigan team that can do that. Right. Uh, and, and deserves props for that. No matter what you think of him and this season and all that stuff, I wasn't thinking about any of that during the game. It just was very impressed with how unimpressed they were with Alabama. It was, it was just peers playing the same way. And the fact that they were beating Alabama up up front. I, I heard the stat early in the second half that against the Blitz in the first half, Milrow did not get a pass off. Right. Right. Like I, not had a bad percentage against it. Got sacked or had to run. Like that's crazy what they were doing uh, to them up front, beating them at their own game. But either one of these teams winning, no, wouldn't shock me. I with especially with with Michigan. Man, you totally threw me off. I had a good point. Me too. <laughs> I forgot where I was going. Stallions to. was at the Connor game. Connor Stallions is at the game. Fantastic. Of course he was. Fantastic. They can't get away from him. What 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 a, what a fantastic. You know the the level of 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 psychopathy required to become high level in any of these sports that we talk about absolutely is insane yes that guy's somehow a level above it is a manifesto and you let that guy show up to your games i mean he wasn't like on the sideline it's a matter of time until that guy just does something horrific right oh or goes to prison like you know like he's involved in some sort of ponzi scheme or something right Totally. Okay. All right. Yes. <laughs> so I'll make sure. Okay. <laughs> the um. Oh gosh, where were we going? Where were we going with this? You totally threw me off, jackass. All right. Well, get into it later. Uh, Pettix is like two at Alabama. He's like a six four two at Alabama. Dude is unreal. Dropping it in the right, right in the bread breast. It, look, after watching Devin Leary all year, sitting in this chair and watching Devin Leary throw the crappiest deep balls of all time, Pettix is a real. Relief. <laughs> it's real enjoyable to watch. It really is. I just expect them to connect every time. Now, to be fair, too, that guy's got receivers. Like, the guys are making legitimate catches. And there's a catch early in the game last night where the guy made the catch over his shoulder with a safety essentially yeah. in his helmet. Yes. And it was awesome. And it was, like, perfectly dropped in there. Yes. Like, the ball was invisible. Throw and catch, though. Yeah. Just both of them. It, just it's, fantastic. you know, for Louisville folks uh, or Kentucky folks – under uh, not great performances from Jack Plummer or Devin Leary really all year. Right. Uh, it's certainly not what you would have expected from the offenses uh, throwing the ball. To watch these playoff games, these were four, well three quarterbacks and Milrow who made some nice throws, but the winning quarterbacks in both games, awesome. Mm. Just awesome throws and catches, big plays from your, your passing game when you have to have it. Guys making catches when they're not open. Guys fearlessly making throws, shaking off bad throws and, and bad decisions. I mean, McCarthy didn't right. feel the effects of that idiotic interception uh, at all. And it just, like, we have progressed to the place in college football where you used to be able to win the way Saban did early in his tenure. He, could, he can't win that way now. Mm. When you play teams that can make throws like that, you're going to lose. And neither Louisville nor Kentucky had that this year. Right. Not not on any kind of a consistent basis. And it was just sort of a reminder, like, man, there's another level to throw in the ball. Both of them are sort of after still. Now the thing I remember. Uh, Friday, we were in here, and the UK's uh, bowl game was on. So I hung around and watched the first half with the guys. And as I was leaving, I looked right around Eddie, and I said, Michigan has turned into an SEC team. They, they, they do the things that that we we have lauded the SEC teams yeah. at the top for doing. That's right. Big, ugly lines, good enough quarterback play, um, a good running back. Like, they're doing the things that Georgia really excelled at the last three years, essentially. 
I mean, they won with Stetson Bennett. Let's talk about that. <laughs> the guy who was there six years didn't graduate, and they won with that. I, he looks like the financial planner that lives down the street from me. I mean, it's a hell of a thing. Michigan's doing that with J.J. McCarthy. I think he's very not great. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> he's a college quarterback. He's Greg McElroy. He's that's a good, but attempt. that's what they need. Right? Yeah, like the, he's AJ McCarron, but like that's good enough for them. They, d- I thought it was interesting. Like they just they didn't test themselves in the non-conference. They really only played Penn State, Ohio State at the end of the season, uh, and then the Big Ten championship. Well, whatever. So I, I I wasn't sure what to expect here, especially when it was Ohio State. It wasn't like what we have been used to the last couple of years offensively. I wasn't sure what to expect there. Alabama, I think in a, in an odd way, probably the perfect matchup for them yes. that could not test them mm. in some of those ways, the way Washington will. So McCarthy had to make some throws for them to win this one. They have to make a lot of throws against Washington because Washington's going to hit some of those throws too. That's the thing. Like, Is Michigan just too good in every other facet to make up for the massive gap that there is between Michael Penix and J.J. McCarthy? Because J.J.'s going to have to make plays to win that game. I agree. I think Michael Penix could go out and throw for 400 yards and single-handedly win that game. Interesting. He uncorks it and it is beautiful. It is unbelievable. He throws it with, uh, to use uh, uh, Jeff Brom's term from earlier, conviction. Mm. When he throws it, the way he looks when he throws it, you're like, "That's that's completed. That's a, like you just I you know. I just assume his deep balls are going to be completed. I and I, and well, let's be real here. We did not think that about Jack Plummer. We did not think that about Devin Leary. He was trying. Right. Yeah, they drew him up. You know, and he had receivers. But the body language uh, <laughs> in the way you let go You're of right. the ball when right. Penix lets it go, like he's like, here, watch this, hold my beer, and it hits so many times. There you go. All right, well, we'll take a break here. A reminder, Jeff Wall's show tonight across the aisle on 93.9. Uh, that'll follow Ennis' show from 3 to 6, of course, on The Drive. Louisville Sports Live will follow the Jeff Wall show at 8 o'clock. You can hear Zach Seed talk backup tight ends and transfer portal hey, hey. safeties. How about that? Uh, <laughs> we'll, do, we'll do some more uh, after this. I'll do Raising Canes read, all kinds of stuff coming up next here at ESPN 680, 105.7. Looking for a rewarding career? One that empowers you to serve your community, change lives, and reach your fullest potential? Become a correctional officer for the Kentucky Department of Corrections and earn up to $28.30 an hour with great benefits. Help create a better, safer Kentucky. Apply today for a correctional officer position in your community at careers.ky.gov. That's careers.ky.gov. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Looking for extra cash this holiday season? You can make competitive pay as a day shift warehouse worker at UPS Worldport right here in Louisville. Learn more and apply today at upsjobsky.com. That's upsjobsky.com. No sleep till! Brooklyn! You are listening to Rabone Show here on ESPN 680-1057. Now, here's Louis Rabone. Nothing makes a white dad nod harder than the Beastie Boys. Welcome back in. Louis Rebeau, Mark Ennis. They were white dads. A couple of white dads talking about white dads alongside a non-white dad. Wait, non-dad white. White non-dad. There you go. (laughs) 
That's like a pun at square. Like you're Zach Cantrell hanging out with him, too. How about that? All right. Uh, Not that I know two. of, anyway. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> it's a Tuesday that feels like a Monday. I don't know him yet that well. I can't make it. I know. Yeah, you All gotta... right. So, uh, reminded to Louisville back. Basketball back in action. Undefeated in 2024. Louisville basketball playing Nick Virginia. Saban can't say that. In your face, Nick Saban. In your face. Uh, 5.30 uh, pregame, so Mark will go uh, from uh, 3 to 5.30. Of course, you get that Alex White network coverage over there on 93.9 at 5.30. Tip at 7 uh, on Wednesday, visiting Virginia. The worst possible matchup for Louisville football or basketball. How about that? Uh, it's a nightmare. It's literally the nightmare. They are matchup. built. Uh, they thrive on all the things that Louisville hates. Yeah. Yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, Mark Annis, as he is usually, uh, it is Tuesday. Roll Did you want me to say more? No, you're good. Oh, okay, no, you're good. totally right. Yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, Mark, the bowl game has come and gone. I, I had my opining last week. I have no idea how much you were able to listen to. But essentially said the only legitimate downside, there are two of them to me. One is the obvious just numbers game of losing three in a row to end a season. Yep. Just doesn't feel good. It is what it is on that end. The other part is this is a sport in which the preseason polls are more important than in any other sport. So the three-game losing streak, losing to a bomb USC team, etc. Um, <laughs> lots of comments about the White Dad stuff. Uh, the That momentum going into next season. Now, I, I prefaced it with a lot of, look, it's clear in the portal they're doing what they want to do. They're getting the guys that they want to, to yeah. that they're targeting. And that's great. And there does seem to be a lot of momentum in the portal and for guys that, you know, want to come play football for Jeff Brown across the street, you know, at the bank. Your reaction sort of, I, what was your show like? What were the callers like? Because, and Zach and I talked about this, you cannot, a 10-win regular season still matters in college football, no question And your it. first ACC title game. Yes, and the ACC championship game. Dieter made the point of something like, you know, with the, uh, with the Lamar season had a similar ending with... You know, losses yeah. at the end of the season. We remember that as a Heisman season, yep. not as a thud season. Do you think that carries over happens again with 2023? Yeah, uh, uh, no question. I think when you have objective first-time accomplishments uh, and you had moments, you, that 26, the, the parallels of 2016 are, are strong. They're not exact, but they're, they're strong. You had the Florida State game in 2016. You have the Notre Dame game you know, this year. You have the dominant performances against teams in the conference that people had respect for. Uh, multiple times, uh, and then you had missed opportunities that could have been so much more. Uh, and so I've said this so much now, but like it's a weirdly over and underachieving season at the same time. Uh, that is exactly how 2016 feels, and I think the bowl game in particular uh, disappointing because by choosing to sort of stick with as much of the starters as you had throughout the season, you really can't also say these games don't matter. You tried to win with the team that played all year and they didn't win, if you were going to primarily run the ball uh, and and that sort of thing, it would have been a prime opportunity, I think, to see somebody else play there. Uh, Because I think by the end of the ACC championship game, Jack, I felt like Jack Plummer's confidence was shot. Mm. And he looked like that the whole bowl game to me. Mm. What? (sighs) Texture hearing the national title game will kick off at 3 a.m. I... I, (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> Louie, I just had a thought. Were you at Michigan State when uh, Saban was there? Let a white dad know. <laughs> I was. Uh, we over uh-huh. we uh, we overlapped by one year. Yeah, uh, my freshman year, they went top five. They actually beat Florida in the uh, in the Citrus Bowl. Um, yep. And uh, 
Yeah, Plexico Burris was very good at football. Um, that, that could be said. Uh, he was no question. Oh my God, there were times. Quarterback season, on that team is Jeff Smoker. Jeff Smoker. Okay. <laughs> oh yes, Charles Rogers. Yes, they um, had some. Dudes. Oh, they had dudes for sure. It's never been a talent issue in East Lansing. You know this, being an Ohio State guy. You come to was Mike's that TJ Duckett? Yes, yes, yes. Dude, TJ Duckett and I used to drink together, and um, like, I look. I how love far down the, that looks like he drinks. Oh, oh. Okay. So this is this is pre NIL. So you had to like hide the money, right? Sure. So he would sit at the end of it's a place called Rick's. It's a basement bar in East Lansing. I'm sure it's the biggest fire hazard in the history of of humankind. And they had a deal. I'm not making any of this up. No cover. Dollar seventy five pitchers. Free pizza. And free <laughs> Just to pool. soak up the beer. In free pool until like five or six o'clock, and they opened at like two. So I'd go to class till like one. And then we would go straight to the bar at 2 o'clock, and every Friday, T.J. Duckett's sitting at the end of the bar. And there was just kind of an understanding that you'd walk by, and you'd slide a five across the bar, and a, and a pitcher would go down to T.J. or two or whatever. And that guy would put away like eight or nine pitchers and then go out. I remember succinctly, Penn State was the final game of that year, the old Land Grant Trophy, the finest of uh, trophies. T.J. Duckett's sitting at the end of the bar. I watched him put away five pitchers in about an hour and a half. Go home. He he went for four touchdowns the next day. Guy's just a tank. It's just a freaking. T- His brother Tico was a slightly better player. Actually, just got hurt. Um, Do you want to just player. name random Big Ten players now? <laughs> Not trying to do that. It was brought up to me. Right. But yes, we uh, we we uh, we overlapped for sure for that year. That year was really fun. But it was a reminder too. That's when I first learned you can't just go to the mountaintop. You have to get to base camp a couple times because they lost to Purdue by like twenty eight that year. They lost to Wisconsin by like twenty eight that year. They just weren't ready to go to that point. They win the Michigan game. They beat Ohio State. They beat Penn State. They have this great season, but they were not ready to go on the road and win those games. They just weren't. Even with a Nick Saban, it didn't matter. It did not matter. It was a nice first lesson in you got to get to base camp. Was that his last year? It was his last year. They took the LSU, LSU job right after that. that. Right before the bowl game, if I remember correctly. Uh, that sounds right. Yeah, Bobby Williams. They beat Williams. Florida in the bowl game. Yeah, with Bobby Williams, yeah. And he got the job and didn't deserve it. Nice reminder for people just because the players like a coach. Yeah. Does not mean it's going to work out. So Yeah, sometimes go. they like him for the worst reasons. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, look, there, there is I, I, some encouragement to be drawn uh, from or for the idea of sort of taking it easy with a coach uh, who is really successful but not all the way successful. Mm. This, honestly, Harbaugh ha- was sort of what I was hoping Satterfield would, would eventually become. Makes sense. Where you know, think about his early tenure. He couldn't beat Michigan State. He couldn't beat Ohio State. They would split with Penn State. Right. They certainly weren't competing for a national championship or even making the Big Ten championship. And they were getting crushed by Ohio State. Ohio State was handling that. And now, and Michigan State in many games would would embarrass them. That, yeah, they would win in yeah. the worst ways. Yes, yes, really embarrassing. Right. That's yeah. exactly right. And then now they have passed Ohio State. Yes. For now, fans are largely unhappy with Ryan Day, who literally only loses to Michigan now. Correct. Uh, or, or makes the playoff or whatever. Like they're, they're and confirm sixth. See what I'm saying? Like, number six in the CFP rankings is their worst ever. It's a down year. Think about that. I'm ready to run him out of town. It's unbelievable. You're not alone. It's I'm, unbelievable. Because he always congrats. You beat Rutgers in Maryland. Who cares? Well, and then two years ago, you you don't really look like you belong out there with Georgia. Right. Last year, you did not take TCU seriously, and they made you pay. Mm. This year. Like he learns and improves, they are better, and yes, it's self-inflicted. But they have dealt with some real tumult this year. Oh, sure. 
and, and they deserve credit for the maturity of that group not sort of letting any of that uh, get in the way uh, of a successful season, and they're one game away from winning a championship. I had hoped that Scott would gr- sort of grow into the job again. Uh, he did not. This has to be said. You know what's the ultimate evolution of why Michigan's good now? They're winning games when the opposing team has trouble with the snap. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Texture texting in that Iowa's Brian Ferentz is finally no longer the offensive coordinator for the Iowa Hawkeyes. They did not score a touchdown for the last 163 minutes of his time. Look, can you imagine being a little kid? You get cancer and then you have to watch Iowa football. Oh, I've, I've, I've always said <laughs> those kids are trying to cheer up the fans. Yeah. <laughs> You can wave at us. Look up here. It's less depressing. Oh, man. By the way, there's an ad. They're making a new night court. Is, oh, I know. Is John Larroquette as Dan Fielding the most underrated sitcom character of all time? He it's, is to me. It's a, it's He's a great unbelievable. character. Yes. He was unbelievable. It's interesting because what have stuck around as those characters is like Al Bundy stands out to me as one of those guys. Larroquette, very much like the New York version of that, not the Rockford, Illinois version. Yeah, one character that comes to define them. Yeah. Yeah. But no, but also like just the the chauvinistic and the, oh, sure, you know, whatever. Sure. Yeah. But the, my favorite John Larroquette, the Dan Fielding, the, my favorite scene ever. He's sitting there, and I think it's with Christine Sullivan, with, uh, with Marky Post. And he puts his hand on her leg, and she goes, move it. And he just starts rubbing it. <laughs> Lower baby, like Ross and Powers. Right? So fantastic, yes. Oh, it's just fantastic. But yeah, that show was unbelievably good. We used to write good sitcoms. 193 episodes of that show. That's one I should go back and watch. I've never done that. I don't know if it holds up or not. It's a, it's a very 80s sitcom. Very 80s, right? So, I yeah, I'm not sure. But John Larroquette, dude. Had a little Johnny Sales going on, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah 100%. <laughs> yeah. Love you, John. Oh, man. All right. Well, uh, Fallout, do you buy my uh, my preseason rankings argument at all? Because, I mean, going into the, the playoff in the top 15, there's one ACC team, and that was Florida State. So, in other words, in my mind, instead of concentrating on just winning the ACC, trying to be in that group, right? Because it's not top 16. Teams outside of that are going to qualify, are going to do the upset thing that we get in the NCAA tournament once in a while where Elkhorn State wins their conference title or whatever and steals a bid. I, I'm I'm wondering about U of L football because I did say too, I mean, and Zach can come back this up. I do think at some point Jeff Brom makes a CFP yeah. while coach here. I think at some point. I don't know how many times, right. but I think one is a good over under, a half or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's going to be very difficult. But do you buy that argument at all, or was hey Louis settle down? This was year one. I because mean, I think both are no. Fun. I think being concerned about perception of the team for next year and something that we are very used to since we mentioned the parallels with 2016, 2015, and the bowl game went beating Kentucky at the end of the year, winning the bowl game against A and M, and Lamar sort of announcing himself. Uh, at the end of his freshman season, really set the stage for 2016. The biggest difference, though, is I think we're all already becoming accustomed to the teams that played in bowl games were largely intact come the beginning of next season. And we, I think everyone is beginning to realize we're going to shake these things up and just have brand new ones all over the place. I don't think there's as much of an emphasis on finishing well just because 
everyone's going to turn over 30 to 50% of their team every offseason now. Sure. The carryover isn't so direct that it's as urgent as maybe it would have been five years ago. Does that give you hope, by the way, that, that Brom was able to do it year one? He was able to take a bunch of new pieces and win against, you know, look, not not as dip- This is so easy to say, and it's such a, a thing we do every year. It appears as though the schedule next year is going to be more difficult than the schedule was this year. But what the hell do I actually know? NC State ended up being a pretty good football team. Yeah. Georgia Tech's not as bad as they have been for the last three, four years. Boss coach, too. Same right. Thing. All these sorts of things. And so, you know, pushing Notre Dame around, et cetera. Do, do you, does that give you hope that, that Brom can bring in 30 new guys, 35 new guys every year, kind of piecemeal it together and, and figure out a way forward? Or is it more like maybe we caught a good schedule this year? Is it a mix? I don't know. I, I just, I'm, I'm really trying to figure that part out with them. Well, I think they were able to, in one quick offseason, knowing that the roster was going to be largely people he didn't pick, able to overhaul, supplement, and take advantage of that schedule. And I think really the place where I would give Braun the most credit is sort of a, his adjustment to or his flexibility and fielding a team that, let's just be real, like played a way he doesn't prefer to play. I totally agree with you. And winning 10 games, you know, he ran plays for Isaac Grando that looked like he was coaching Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He, he, I would, if I'm a Louisville fan, I would be most encouraged by the fact that they won in a way that's like not in his DNA, Mm. but that he's good enough to, to not be inflexible like Scott was, that would just infuriate everybody uh, that they would try whatever, Whatever it took, and it took them a couple of weeks, I think, to figure out this is going to be a run and defense team. And once they did, as long as they could conceivably keep it with Jack Plummer throwing twenty or fewer passes, they and were, I, and they were killing people. Ironically, the week they got away from that was Pitt. That's right, right? Ironically, that's right. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so you've said all of these things, and you've talked about you know momentum at the end of the year, and blah blah blah. Did you get frustrated watching the bowl game, or did you say this isn't a big deal? They already won ten games. Oh, bowl game is frustrating as hell. But it's it's <laughs> on. Right, okay. Like you went with Jack Plummer in that group, and it was like you're trying. Like you, yeah. you chose this. Yeah, uh, but I think that the should bowl Pierce game, Clarkson have gotten a, a series. I mean, just because of Southern California, etc. That's think, a team he grew up idolizing. Come on, I mean seriously. No, I think you have to. Yes, right. But I think you have to be more concerned about they didn't the defensive side. Like that was you gave up a. Bunch of yards and a touch in touchdowns to a guy who had not played, and you had a lot of your starters that played in that bowl game mm. on the defensive side. And Ashton Glad was nowhere to be found. These pass rushers, secondary getting beat. I just that I think was the alarming part. And you just hope that for those guys, it was just like, God, I can't believe I haven't do this. All right, final break of this hour. We'll come back, we'll talk basketball because Mark's been begging to talk basketball. Um, so we'll make sure uh, we get into that reminder. Tons of people reminding me uh, that actually, hey, Louie, they're they're on like this is season two of the new night court. Uh, that shows you how much of the first season of the new night court I watched. No, man. you and me both. I did watch the first season of night court. The new one. Yes. How is it? It's that actually pretty good. It, Larry Cat's funny. I mean, he just is. So, I mean, he I, is I'm, back. yeah, good. OK, good. All right. I like hearing that. By the way. Team with local ties doing really well. The Ravens, they're back in action. They're home on Saturday. They're hosting the Steelers. We'll see what they do. Locked up that number one seed pregame 4 o'clock. Uh, presented by our friends at Laker Barn, where Kentuckians go to celebrate life. Of course, all of that over on the home for the Ravens in Louisville, over on 93.9 The Ville. 
Uh, on the other end, we'll talk Kenny Payne. And I've got some Danny Manning sound from last year that just tickles me. We'll do it next here ESPN 680, 105.7. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Keep playing. Keep working. Keep going. And keep moving with the exceptional orthopedic care at Baptist Health. With an experienced team and a full line of advanced services and procedures, it's no wonder most people choose Baptist to help them keep on keeping on. Visit baptisthealth.com ortho to find a Baptist Health provider. ESPN 680 105.7. Now, here's Louis Rebeau. Ah, the show that rages the hardest at ESPN Louisville. Rebeau & Co. here, ESPN 680 105.7. One break ago, we were a couple I, white dads. Look, I... <laughs> We're st- we still are. Yeah, we're raging that's the official. Machine. That's the official anthem of turning up the music a little too loudly in the minivan. Uh, Mark Ennis, Louis Rabot, Zach Cantrell hanging out with you. We got you till noon. Bobby V after us. And, of course, first replay, uh, roundtable edition, 3 o'clock. We got you local till 6 o'clock here. You, of course, you can check out the drive on 93.9 with Mark as well. Uh, let's do a Raising Cane's read. Ready? Have you ever been in here for one of these? No, I've never witnessed one of these in person. All right. I feel like I'm at the Masters. Hello, friends, and when you think about delicious, hot, hand-battered chicken fingers, and you think about delicious sauces, life-changing sauces, crinkle-cut fries, that delicious Texas toast, there's only one place in the area with multiple locations, and that's Cane's, RaisingCanes.com, many offers on the website, go get that hot fresh chicken make sure you plan ahead the holidays don't have to be over when you order canes one love i need a cigarette mark won't be standing up for the next 10 minutes <sighs> a lot of good larriquette uh text wait, on the on. text line that's hold good. on yeah can we just revel for ju- for just a second in the fact that you went straight from playing Rage Against the Machine <laughs> to a live read? That's a paid read. <laughs> called Raging. You understand me? I am the Tom Morello of radio. You understand me? Even though he does radio with his mom, who's 100. I'm not exaggerating. Really? Yeah, Mary. Mary Morello. Yeah. I bet she's a fireball. She's awesome. He's very not awesome. <laughs> yeah, that, but that guy too. can play guitar. I'll tell you that. All right. Uh, yeah, he's just int- He's the... He's the guy you went to high school with who, rebel no cause. Oh, absolutely. I know. Yes. But like the cause is even dumber than you think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> appreciate you, Texture. I love you too. Um, all right. Uh, basketball side. Uh, Zach, you got that sound for me. All right. So in a second, go. we're going to play some sound. So last year, 
Uh, Louisville basketball went 4-28, Mark. I don't know if you're aware. I was and, here for and that. Things were not going well by Christmas time. We knew it was going to be a disaster of a season prior to the ACC uh, play coming around like we know this year, but even worse last year somehow. And Paul Rogers, uh, at that point, Kenny Payne was very busy and couldn't do the coaches show. And so uh, a man named Danny Manning did it instead. And Paul asked him, hey, what are you guys doing around Christmas? And since it's the Christmas break right now, nice amount of time off. Uh, some people speculated that the athletic department might use this time to transition to a new coaching staff. Uh, instead, sticking with the guys they have on course, let's go. Uh, what did they probably do over Christmas break? Uh, Paul asked last year. It's rare uh, to get as long a break as you guys have had here. And, and I know coaches probably kind of wrestle with that. You, you want to give your guys a little time to just get away, but yet you don't want to lose the conditioning and, and whatever else you need. Did you send them away with requirements? Please do this each day or at least these things over a period of days? Well, these guys have been around KP and, and our staff long enough to know that they can't go home and not do anything for four or five days and come back and expect to be in the right conditioning in terms of the type of drills that we'll put them through. So I'm pretty sure everybody did a little bit of something over the break to maintain some type of conditioning. Give me a feel. I'm sure they did something over the break to maintain some kind of conditioning. I remember hearing this and thinking, holy crap, he said it out loud that they did not have a plan for sending players. Like, like, said it out loud. The easiest thing. Literally hand them a slip of paper that says this many sprints, this many push-ups, this many crunches, this many free throws done. Like, I, I like simplest it's like my uh, my son has to read 15 minutes every night and I have to sign this paper that he did it. Yes, right. Like that's what he's saying that they did. Right? That's so without me, the check. I've never heard this uh, shame on I've not heard this audio. Okay. But I want you to know it's not the least bit surprising. Oh, 0%. Yeah. What makes you think they did something different this year? I don't think they did anything different this year. I and I think one of the things we'll talk about this with Luca today, Good. one of the things that I think doomed Scott that's going to doom Kenny too, or contribute to it is Scott never gave anyone the satisfaction, quite frankly, because I think he's kind of weirdly passive aggressive this way yeah. of letting them know he really wants to keep this job. Right. He never campaigned. You know, he did the two week uh, goodwill tour. We handed out bottles of angels. Maybe he doesn't drink here and, and, and that sort of thing. And it worked. But in terms of like, changing his overall demeanor and behavior and all that sort of thing letting fans know i really want to be here you know i, I want this nothing and i think kenny is i mean we had 12 days between games find time to do something mm. some extra anything mm. and we all know the the apocryphal stories about you know Patino or Camp Cal or whatever, what you sure. do in these two weeks. And that is what I think is going to drive me the craziest about this. Is at, Camp Cal is infamous. Kentucky fans know about it. Patino, same thing. Know about it. I'm sure there was nothing like that. Camp Cal's a great example because it's the what UK fans that I see on the text line and on Twitter and different things that I hear from, they're worried he's going to overcoach. And then during the games, they're worried he's undercoaching. <laughs> That's right. But there's the concern is over the level of coaching, not over whether he knows how to or not. Oh, sure. Right. That's right. that's how I know it's different. Right. Because with Kenny Payne, there's concern that he doesn't even know how to do it. Um, it is it is worth remarking at this point that we are a year removed from that sound and we think the exact same thing. 
at the end of last year, someone said, do you need to shake up your staff? And he laughed. Oh, listen, we can go even further. During the DePaul postgame show said he would like their conditioning to be a little better. That's in season. That This year he Second said that. Year. So, no, I, there, I don't think there's any reason to think any of it's any uh, different. And his stubbornness will contribute to him being a two-season coach at Louisville. No further. What do you think contributes to that, to, to not changing that stuff at all? Is it just laziness? No. Is it? What is it? He's, uh, I think Kenny is, he, in this way, he reminds me of Charlie Strong a lot. Uh, very suspicious of people's input. From the outside. has a, And I think Kenny has a specific way he's wanted to do things. It's not replicating. See, Charlie came here and he was like, I'll just be Urban Meyer. Right. And, and he came with yes, right. the, the five core values and all that stuff. Like that was right out of Urban Meyer. All of it. Came in Nebraska and everything. Like that's, he, th- he thought all of that. Right. And, and Kenny did not do that. He did not come here to replicate Cal. Not even or at least merely. No. Uh, instead, I think he came here with a, he was going to kind of, what would a team look like if it got coached by a grandpa instead of a dad? Mm. And what I mean by that is like, who just says yes. Like in the same way that like, what would a kid be like if he's parented by a grandparent versus a parent? That's what this, that's what Louisville basketball is. This like a dog, if they don't actually have owners, they just have neighbors. Yes. Right? Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, with, with this, something I talk about on the show a lot is, is the psychosis of coaches. It's already come up on, on this episode being convinced especially the good ones like the thing about cal the reason people are worried i think at least contributing to it that he'll change the style of the team this year is because he's i mean this is what hall of famers do they have something that works and they glom onto it and then when it stops working they continue to glom onto it because it got them to where they are it got them to eight and nine million dollar salaries and this kind of stuff kenny's almost acting like that Without any of the success. Like, I know the way forward. I'm not going to change. Oh, you went 428. Are you going to change? He laughs. Yeah. Why would I talk about my job status? Why would I make coaching changes? We have the best staff in the country. He has the psychosis of a of a, <laughs> of a a high-level basketball coach without any of the success. Well, you know, it's one – I don't envy coaches who have to trudge through the intermediate steps – where it's not horrible, where it's not working great, and and you have to stick with it and sort of take your lumps in those intermediate steps, knowing you're gonna come out on the other side of this. Like say they have, but there's there are steps along the way. There are signs. There's little things that you can hold on to. There are guideposts you can sort of see. All right, once we get on the other side of this thing, this is gonna work. Mm. They don't give you any. They don't give you any, and that like that's the thing. It's not like progress is slow. It's not. There's not progress. Correct. There just isn't. Right. There, there are three points a game better than last year, which was good enough to not lose three of those early games. I mean, that's what they are. On the defensive side, they're still roughly in the two hundreds and just about everything. I, important. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what the plan is. I mean, that's the thing. It, it stood out, Mark, and I brought this up last week. So Dr. Ted, obviously very famous on this airways for driving to everything and calling in and doing those things. And Drew asked him, you know, outside of the record, what is it that bothers you about Kenny Payne? And we live in this echo chamber of talk. And so my brain went to, oh, it's the comments about all Americans or, oh, it's the comment about this. 
He went to X's and O's. Dr. Ted went to X's and O's. And I'm not picking on Dr. Ted, by the way. It's just a reminder. You can't, I mean, he can't trick this fan base. That's right. Right? You can't trick them. No they know what they're looking coaches. at, man. That's right. Especially on the basketball side. They know what they're looking at. In this market especially, that you cannot fake them. And it feels like almost like, hey, no, 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 don't worry. This is, it feels like 1984. Don't trust your eyes. You know, just trust whatever. Yeah, that gaslighting stuff did not work. work. Louisville fans just realized, no, you're the problem. It's not us. Uh, you, you're not gonna. You're not gonna tell us. We don't know what we're seeing here. Right. Uh, can I just bring up as a, a point of contrast here? Sure. Three weeks ago, two weeks ago, maybe maybe more. Michael Shrewsbury annihilated his team in the post game press conference. Crushed. If you don't like it, Get grow roots out. on the bench or leave. Right. But f- just know, I I'm building a culture here. And then he basically was like, "You will not play." If you don't get on board after they lose, they were, they still are on Ken Palm at least, the only team that Lil was predicted Favorite to beat for the rest right. of the season. But he told them that they beat Virginia by 22 the other day. <laughs> and we've heard Kenny say, I'm building a culture here, and never follow through on the other part of that. And they get results in three weeks. Yep. Yep. That's Kenny's problem. Yep. There's, that part of it isn't there. People want to see you enforce a standard, and he never does. I wish I had had this this mantra before the Shrewsbury hire because it's how I thought. I just hadn't come up with it. So Bronco Mendenhall gets hired by New Mexico to be their football coach. I, I have said that's a good hire no matter what happens with him. It makes sense that they hire him. It's a good idea. The He'll Shrewsbury, do good in every, every context. The thought. Shrewsbury hire at Notre Dame is a good one regardless of what ends up happening. The guy is a good basketball yep. coach. The interesting shame of it is he actually might have been a good fit here as a new Albany native, yep, right? Uh, but obviously timing and all those things. I put out a tweet the other day, and we'll close the hour with this. What is the most likely 2024 sports headline in, in Kentucky? UK makes the Final Four. L makes the CFP, so that would be next year. L basketball makes the postseason of any kind. Or UK wins 10 games in football. Okay? So I tried to go to what would be a, a, a measurably good season in 2024. So that would be Louisville making a postseason this fall, this spring. 7% of people voted for that, which I assume is 100% trolls. 5% voted for UK winning 10 games on the football side, which with their schedule coming up in the SEC is the least likely of these, believe it or not, um, even with Louisville basketball. I mean, it's going to be that difficult for them. Unless Brock Vandegrift is just a baller, which is possible. I mean, it really is. I mean, given what Georgia is, it's a t- definite possibility. Louisville CFP sit 37%. Over half said the most likely is UK making the Final Four. In your mind, of those four, is that the most likely? Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Because Cal certainly seems to have uh, found his touch recruiting-wise uh, yet again, uh, but has an, a, a, a group supplemented, uh, and he seems rejuvenated uh, to me You know, the last couple of years. I, th- I think he's got to finish this year well, uh, though, uh, to sort of, I, I think, quell some of that. But he certainly seems to have found his footing. Yeah, that— they are a fun team to watch. I'm sure U of L fans listening. I right disagree. Now don't want to hear about it. exactly. <laughs> I'm not any fun at all. They're really fun to cover. After years of they're after covering good. 428 last year, this it's such a breath of fresh air for me. Texture. Let's be positive. The experts see U of L beating Notre Dame, uh, and Notre Dame just beat UVA by 20. So, <laughs> Texture. Um, the crazy stories. It's crazy all the stories you hear from North Carolina players, for example, of how Roy Williams and now Davis push about being in shape in the off in season and in off season. I, Yes. 
Yes, that. Uh, Texter, and this is, I love these texts. And because it is this market and nowhere else. Shrewsbury's from Jeffersonville, not New Albany. Nah. I need to apologize to everybody listening. Uh, I was off by half a town. <laughs> half I assume t- it's it's because like people think New Albany's nice and Jeff isn't. Is that what that is? Oh, I don't know about that. I have no Stereotypes. Idea. Yeah, like Floyd's Knobs is nice, but everyone else is a bum, like that kind of thing. By the way, my nine-year-old has started calling me a bum around the house. A bum? Yeah, which I love. Uh, it's the, like the 680 effect at our house. Sure. Like he'll just walk by and he's like, hey, dad, you're a bum. Like he'll wait too for me to be seated with a laptop literally in my lap, knowing I can't just easily get up and chase him. Oh, no, he's all over it. Yeah. Smart. Future. Got bigger shots. Future jack wagon. Yeah, there you go. So, all right. Well, he's Mark Ennis. Find him on the drive three to six. Uh, Luke's in today? Yes, sir. How about that? That's awesome. There you go. Uh, catch a. That's a good looking show right there, other than you. That's right. Despite <laughs> me. You have to overcome adversity wherever you find it. And it's like my face. Yeah, right. <laughs> More adversity talk next.